Coming up on tonight's episode, we recap the results of our Super Bowl prop bets and review everything from Super Bowl 54. It's a super episode and it's going to start for you right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 170, recorded February 6th, 2020. Super Bowl 54, Miami style. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the most super podcast on the radio dial. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our MVP. He's going to Disneyland. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Sean, isn't it Disney World? They go to Disney World, right? Did they change it back? You know, I I always get it mixed up. And for a long time, I thought it was Disneyland, but Pat, Pat Mahomes specifically said Disney World. Did he? I don't actually think he said anything, but they they uh, they donated a million dollars on his in his name to a children's well, thing. So they brought it nice. back in 2020. So the last couple of years, it wasn't an official sponsorship, and they brought it back in 2020. He does say, um, I'm going to Disney World. Now, did you know, fun fact... Uh, Michael Eisner, famously the CEO of Disney for many years, his wife actually came up with the idea for the campaign. Oh, the, the I'm going to Disney World, Disneyland. Well, well the story is that um, during the January 1987 grand opening of Star Tours at Disneyland, the couple dined with uh, Dick Rutten and Jenna Yeager, who had piloted the first aircraft to fly around the world without stopping or refueling. Uh, his wife asked the pilots what they planned to do next. They jokingly replied, well, we're going to Disneyland. And she thought that would make a great advertising campaign. It sounds like a story that would have happened in like 1850. <laughs> like I've piloted my airship all around the world. Yeah, very Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. I'm going to the land of Disney. Indeed. It's a very Jules Verne. It is. It Steampunky. is. So... That we, the big game, another one, came and went. Yes, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should go back and do that because we made a bunch of prop bets and we talked about the game. Now, Matt, before we get into the Super Bowl, you know I love my little trivia games. You do. That we do on the show. And prior to us recording, uh, hopping on the Skype call, I was uh, going back and watching some old Super Bowl halftime show and I thought of a fun game. Would you like to play? Uh, you don't have a choice. Do I, do I really have a choice? Okay. You never do. Matt... I have a list of music artists here. Some of them performed at a Super Bowl halftime. Some of them did not. It's got, it's got cards and everything. I there. do. I've really? got a list. Wow. So, Matt, okay. I'm going to give you a music artist name, and you tell me if they ever performed at a Super Bowl halftime show. You think you can do it? Okay. Uh, you know what? I went four for four on those stadiums, didn't I? Well, three for four. You I, did. I, came, I, did, I did all right. So, you know what? Yeah, bring it on. All right. Let's start here. Shania Twain. Oh, definitely. She definitely performed a halftime show. That is correct. Uh, yes. She, she performed in 2003. She uh, she led the bill that year. Great performance, by the way. I will say. Very good performance. All right. How about this one? Uh, T-Pain. No. He never performed a halftime show. That is also correct. All right. How about this one? ZZ Top. Oh, 
Yes, they did. They, I think they did. I'm going to go with yes. That is also correct. They were part of the Blues Brothers Bash. They performed alongside the Blues Brothers. Um, all right. How about Sting? Oh, wow. This one, this might be the one that gets me. <laughs> this might be the one that gets me because <laughs> I have to really think about if this was a halftime show in like reality or <laughs> one that I imagined happened and never actually did. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he didn't. That is incorrect. He performed oh. with Shania Twain in 2003 along with No Doubt. What? A no very doubt. odd mix-up. Yeah, it was is, it was wow. weird. Okay. All um, right. He so, did he so did message in a bottle. Uh all right. How about uh the Backstreet Boys? No. They didn't. That's NSYNC cor- did. That's correct. Very yes. good. Uh how about Elton John? He seems like he probably should have, but I don't think he ever did. I'm going to say no. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Phil Collins. Uh, also someone who really seems like he should have performed, but I don't think he ever did. That is incorrect. Ah. Phil Collins did play. He played at the 2001 as part of Disney's Tapestry of Nations, where he performed Two Worlds from the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, come on. That doesn't count. Two Worlds, One Family. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, that's he performed F-tri- one song, arguably the weakest song off the Tarzan soundtrack, by the way. Great soundtrack. Weak it's song. really great. I have it in my car. I love it. Love the Tarzan um, soundtrack. But yes, Phil Collins did perform. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give you one more here. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Is that a real person? Sean? You tell me. Did they did perform at the Super Bowl or did up? I just make them up? Is this like a ventriloquist act <laughs> or something? Like... You know, that is something I would believe like in, in 1976 at the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. They had a ventriloquist, the big dad, big, big bad, bad voodoo, voodoo daddy. daddy. Uh, you know what? A lot of the Super Bowls have been held in New Orleans. Yeah. I think it's – well, Miami, I think, just tied the, the, the record with New Orleans for most Super Bowls held. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, yeah, sure. Why not? He was I, somebody that was there. This would have been better if you knew who Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was. They were a swing revival band. Remember when swing was big again in the 90s with like the Brian no. Setzer Orchestra, Jump, Drive, and Whale? Nope. The I Cherry Poppin' Daddies? You don't remember I, that? I think you're making every, all of this no. up. So in 1999 at the Super Bowl halftime, it was Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, and, and special guest Big Bad Voodoo Daddy who played swing music. Swing music. Yeah. That is a I, you can look it up. I recommend you watch it. Sean, all I remember about '90s music oh. is that it it started with Kurt Cobain and it ended with NSYNC. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yes, and I guess somewhere in the middle, people experienced a swing revival. Okay, I, there absolutely was a. Here we go. The swing revival, also called retro swing or neo swing, was a renewed interest in swing music beginning around 1989. It's a real thing. Okay. A Zoot Suit Riot. Remember Zoot Suit Riot? Nope. The song? I, I don't. I, I actually just learned what a Zoot Suit was for the first time, I think, uh, a couple years ago. I was watching Red Hot, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Mm, great. Great, great movie. There, there's a lot of Zoot Suit references to that. Anyway, but, Matt, 
you did very well. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my prize? Uh, just being my friend. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Man, I'll let's talk it. about let's talk about this Super Bowl, shall we? What'd you let's think? Do it. Um It was a Super Bowl. It was a real actual honest to goodness Super Bowl. And I I actually enjoyed every minute of it. Uh I was actually I felt I actually felt feelings during the Super Bowl. Wow, which is more, it's more so definitely more than I could say about last year's Super Bowl. I mean, I guess I felt feelings last year, but they were more like anger, upsetness, despair. This Super Bowl was much more like excitement and interest. And uh it held my attention. So I I liked it. I think overall it was a good it was a great game. It was a really one of the one of the better games in recent memory for sure. Uh, it was exciting to the last minute. It was uh, I I thought of, I thought it was it was a fine Super Bowl. Uh, commercials were were good. Were they? The commercials were they were they were good. They were all right. They definitely weren't anywhere near the best. Uh, I remember that there were there weren't too many of them. And I, I didn't I guess I didn't notice until more people were talking about it on Twitter about how they they felt like this Super Bowl had some of the fewest commercials in recent memory. I don't really know if that's true or not, or if that's just like in the zeitgeist. I think so many of them were announced ahead of time. I think it felt like there weren't that many. Yeah, I was kind of I kind of had that feeling too. Like so many of them had premiered already. Oh yeah, people had already seen them. Basically, all so of in, them. in their brains, their brains told them that they like weren't new, so they probably had just figured there weren't as many. I don't yep. know. Uh yeah. I think um, I think it was good. What did you think? What was your opinions of the of the this year's superb superb owl? I think if you looked up Super Bowl in the dictionary, there would be a picture of this Super Bowl next to it. Like, it was it was just the right amount of Super Bowl. You know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was, like, the greatest or the most memorable or I was super excited the whole time. Like, but it checked every box and accomplished yeah. enough to be a good Super Bowl. I'm not with you in that. I thought the football was good. I wouldn't call it... I didn't really think it was exciting because it's not like it was a particularly high-scoring game. There weren't... I guess there were a, a fair amount of turnovers, um, but not the, not a lot of like big yard plays necessarily. But I, as I was watching the game, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, we're never the football in the Super Bowl is never going to be exciting because the league doesn't let it. I don't have the statistic in front of me, but over the last like six or seven Super Bowls, it's always been the one or the two seed against the one or the two seed. It's not like the old days in the 90s where it would be like there'd be a really good team and a crappy team they'd play against and they'd blow them out. Like you're just not going to see that anymore because the league doesn't really allow for it. Um, So I think you're always going to see these sort of sloggy games in the Super Bowl for a number of reasons. Uh, The players, by the way, also have to do a lot more before the game in terms of press, in terms of events, in terms of stuff. They're tired by the time they get to the game. So... I thought the football was fine. Um, I thought the commercials, I wasn't, again, they were fine. Like, there weren't any, I was like, whoa, oh my god, my mind's blown, I love it. Um, I thought, I'm just trying to think back to what the commercials were. I think, I will say, Google gets me every year. I always tear up at their commercials. Do you remember theirs this year? 
Yeah. Of the old Sean, man who tries I, to remember things. I was very creeped out by that commercial. Oh, I was that so commercial sad. commercial frightened me. It was so sad. Oh, my God. I, I, I was like, Google. I was literally tearing up. I'm going to take my memories and implant them in you, Google. He's an old man. He probably sells Alzheimer's. Someday you can create a uh, visual copy of me with all of my memories so I can live forever. Remind That's me of my dead wife. About. Yeah. That's all I could think about. No. I, I was terrified by that commercial. I thought it was I awesome. was terrified about its implications. Yeah. Its implications are what scared me about what Google is now capable of. But yes, I agree. It was it was a very sentimental commercial. Google I, Google tugs at the heartstrings. I che- I teared up. Yeah. Uh, I thought the um what was it? I thought the Little Caesars one, best thing since sliced bread, I thought was kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was that was one of those ones where I was just like, how has nobody thought of this yet? Yeah, it's a good it, spot. It was. It was. It was, it was memorable. What I, I'm not a fan of the stunty Super Bowl commercials, and I'm not a fan of the like parody. Like Walmart did one where they had all the pop culture people coming in and doing the pickup with the delivery. And I'm like, I don't like those kinds of commercials that do the pop culture. You're like the Bill Murray Groundhog Day one, which I know a lot of people liked and it was fine, but I like commercials with like somewhat original ideas. Like even the the Hyundai Smart Park one, which got a lot of press before the Super Bowl, like that's kind of a fun idea. Smart Park? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like it's funny and it's memorable and it's not like parodying something else. I thought that was one of the best commercials, actually. It was the great. Talk. People yeah. are still talking about it. Uh huh. It reminded me a lot of the of the old Budweiser. Yeah. With the frogs, that that honestly would be one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. Oh, that's a great one. Just just because of its memor its memorability, and it it like it was it was the creation of a, of of something that was a cultural meme, basically. Yeah. And I I thought that was really cool and. It reminded me a lot of that Kapok, because then people could just like say it to each other or whatever, whenever they uh, they said it. it was it's brand recognition. Well, they right? branded You're the feature. That's like, I mean, people yeah. know who Hyundai is, but now everyone knows it has Smart Park, right? I mean, they, right. they got that name in people's heads. That's right. People are at the water cooler and they're saying Smart Park to each other. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, that was good. Uh, I don't know, Sean. I don't know how to feel about baby Mr. Peanut. Oh, controversy. I'm extremely conflicted about it. It was it it became very controversial due to the tragic events I think surrounding Kobe Bryant, right? Yes. I, although I will say, it's pretty stupid because like it's sort of like having a commercial based around like mass shootings, where it's like one will happen before you air it. Like you you should not. It was yeah, only maybe of, like something was going to happen. They probably shouldn't have hedged their bets on like, let's make our beloved character die in a tragic accident. Yeah. That's not going to come back and bite us in any way. No, and it's like There's you no could have, if your whole thing was you wanted the baby nut, like you could have done it without killing Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah. That, like, that was so to, unnecessary. It went to like new extremes. Like maybe Mr. Peanut could have had a wife and they could have had a baby. He, he adopts a baby. Baby Peanut. You know, Whatever. shows up on his doorstep. I don't sure. know. There, or, yeah, or maybe produces one through budding or something. Just like what baby just grows from him. I don't know. I don't know how peanuts work. But surely you didn't have to – you didn't have to kill him in a, in a tragic accident. That was that was way – Bizarre. You're just really asking. You're asking for problems when that things like that happen. And, and, and there was tons of controversy. 
Also, why do you why do you eat their peanuts? Are people all of a sudden just not eating enough peanuts, or are they going to other brands outside of Mr. Peanut, and he's worried about getting them all back? You know, it's one of those funny things. It's sort of like I love every year in the Super Bowl, Avocados from Mexico runs a spot, and I'm like, do we need commercials for avocados? But it is that weird marketing <laughs> thing where it's like, sadly, you do have to advertise everything to some degree. But at um, the Super Bowl? It's a lot of people that- watching. Yeah, I guess if you're not going to run commercials all year, it's like the one time where you can save up and buy a big spot, right? Right. If if they ran this, you know, in March, would we be talking about it? Maybe because it's crazy, but yeah, it's pretty ludicrous. Well, I my my least favorite one was the. Did you see the Jason Momoa mortgage one? Yeah, with the that muscles. Was, yeah, that was weird and creepy, and I did not care for it. <laughs> it was very upsetting, like visually to watch. Yeah. Yeah, especially because it just wouldn't end. He kept like going, yes. like took his hair off, and I, like and I just I didn't get it. Yeah, it no. was, it was I think like that celebrity recognition. Well, that's what it is. It's like I don't need yeah. like the gimmicks. Stop it with. Well, the you could have you could have had anybody do that. It didn't have to be Jason Momoa. You could have had like The Rock. And is there like yeah? I was gonna like, say is there like not a more famous a buff guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like all uh, they could afford was Momoa. He comes cheap. I don't now, Matt. I do have to ask. And we don't have to say on commercials too long, but what did you think? Because I know there was some controversy around this, some love or hate. The Charlie Day Tide showing up in all the other commercials. Gimmick. I love that. I love that, Sean. I thought that was hilarious. Did you? I never, I never got tired of that. I don't know why there'd be controversy. I thought it was really funny. Uh, I love when Tide does that when it interrupts the other commercials, and and I think that's great. I think it's it's clever and creative, and I think that. There's there's definitely a line that they they maybe come close to crossing, but I don't think they ever really cross it. There's a there's a line where that becomes annoying, but I I liked where he's talking to the bud the bud knight who I thought was dead, but I guess not. Uh, I thought he got eaten by a dragon. Uh, he's talking to what else? What other crossovers did they do? Well, I know at one point they do they do like the come back from commercial where it's like today's game brought to you by Tide Pot, and then like he interrupts that. Like it's part of the game. He bumps in in a couple other ones. I liked it. I was a fan. I'm a fan of Charlie Day. Of everything oh, that he does, I love Always Sunny. Always Sunny is one of my favorite. Why hasn't shows. he had more of a career? I think like he started a lot of trying. Cra- well, no, but he started a lot of like crappy movies we immediately forgot about. He was in um, one of the big kaiju movies. Well, yeah, he was in Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, yeah, and Pacific Rim Uprising, which he was good in. But then it's like fist fight uh, yeah. with Ice Cube. And then he was in um, the vacation remake, Horrible Bosses. Maybe eh. maybe he needs to just get a better agent. I don't know. Lego Movie? He was in Lego Movie? Yeah, he was. Well, who wasn't in Lego Movie? That's true. <laughs> Hotel Artemis? I don't even know that was a movie. Yeah. Sounds like an indie band. Well, it's an indie movie. Uh, um, I know I, I enjoy the Tide Pod commercials or I think the no, Tide commercials are, are funny. And, uh, you also had the other, uh, the, the hit starring opposite him in those commercials, the lady from, uh, Schitt's Creek. Yes. Who I believe they're. No, they're not actually dating in real life. No, he, uh, he's married to the he's, waitress. He's married to the waitress. That's yeah, right. Which is, is from always sunny. That's yeah. Right. Um, um, yes. 
What, what did you think of the the Tom Brady commercial spot? Oh, the Hulu That's what spot. I wanted to ask you about. I mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious. And yeah, good on Hulu for well getting done. him to do that. Um, and I thought the 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 social media get of the Super Bowl was him posting that picture ahead of time, and everybody was talking about it. It was. It was. That was really like genius of hulu i just don't know if it said hulu enough like everyone remembers the photo and tom brady talking about leaving but do people remember it's for hulu that's always the hard part of these ads where it's like you remember the ad but do you remember the product i think in my mind when i was watching that i was like a light bulb went on and i was like is this the future of advertising are they is there going to be like we did an entire episode where we talked about viral marketing oh sure and um, I think we did the best and the worst. Would you consider this like an effective – would this even be considered viral marketing? I don't know. Um, it kind of is, right? Like it, it's something that like they, – they, they present something in a way where it's not – definitely not a commercial and then it becomes a commercial. Yeah, I'd say it's viral marketing light. My, my my thought is, is I think by like, did they know it was going to blow up like it did? Like, I'm sure they knew it would get some attention. But a lot of brands, when celebrities are in commercials, they'll say, hey, post this on your social media as part of our contract, as part of our deal. And I wonder if they if they really knew how big it was going to be or not. I mean, it worked either way. So it was it was pretty cool. It was like, oh, that's what that was. It was a commercial in this. I think it was was it Gronk did something similar too. Where he was, he was teasing that he was going to come back to football, and yeah. then he turned, he, he like had a big beach party, yeah, something like that. <laughs> instead, like, right, yeah, he was, he was. There was the two Gronks. One was in like the beach outfit, the other was in the football jersey. Mm. So, it's uh, it was interesting. I, I I could see definitely more brands going that direction, and uh, setting things up in that way using social media like that. So, hey. All I know is my favorite commercial was Mike Bloomberg. That that was my favorite. Mike Bloomberg had a commercial. Did you not see him his or Donald Trump's commercials? I I remember Donald Trump's commercial. I Bloomberg was I, like I had first heard he quarter. Had one, but he was okay. early and he had two. He ran two separate 30 second spots. Oh wow. 30 second spots. Yeah. Were they good? No. No. No, not really. Did they have anything to do with football or no. beer? No, it was uh, his record on gun control. Oh, uh, okay. So it was just like a regular Mike it, Bloomberg basically. commercial. Basically, yep. I feel like in an election year, it's it's mandatory that you get at least one or two of uh, the, the political ads that run. And um, then you always every, – every year you get the, the traditional Scientology commercial where at first you're like, what is this for? And then you're like, oh, okay. Well, this year was unique because – most times when you see political ads during the Super Bowl, they're run on your local station where it's still expensive, but it's cheaper. And these were the first time they were ever bought nationally. Um, both set of spots. Very expensive. Probably cost four, eight million dollars, something like that. Sure. Pretty penny. Yeah. Oh, another another fun uh, Super Bowl ad tradition is you always get the PETA ad that is um, not aired. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And the then, one they rejected. And- the one they reject the PETA ad and then they want you to go to their website and watch some kind of like horrific video. Of Did you read about this year's being tortured or something? No, I didn't. I, I apparently didn't. I, I'm assuming it's going to be something horrible. Like I didn't see it, but I read about it and apparently it's animals 
It's they play the national anthem and then animals take a knee for animal rights, like Colin Kaepernick. Oh, that's not that bad. It, but it's, it's also graphic. It's also kind of lame. It is. It's very. It is very lame. And I could totally understand why the NFL would not want that to to be aired because it's yeah. that they've been working very very hard to <laughs> to make people forget about all of that. Yeah. So, um, Matt. We have our Super Bowl prop bets. so We do. We have a ton of them. We got to walk through these. We did 11 bets um, throughout the entire game. We live tweeted it over at at Up for Debate TV on Twitter. Uh, Let's go through the results here, and we'll start them in order roughly of when they happen during the game, starting with the coin toss. Uh, We talked about this on last week's episode. Historically, you've always picked tails, and I've always picked heads. Uh, You've won two out of the last three. You picked tails again this year, and Matt, congratulations. They flipped tails. Tails never fails. Beautiful. That was your first point on the board. After that was the national anthem. Demi Lovato sang the national anthem. The line was set at two minutes, one second. I took the under. You took the over. She sang it in about one minute and 50 seconds. So I won with the under. She was hustling. She was. Yeah, she was moving. She was moving through it pretty quickly. I kind of knew as as she was going that it wasn't wasn't going to be my point. But that's okay. One, we're tied 1-1. We're tied 1-1. Uh, let's talk about some in-game bets we made. Uh, the result of the first coach's challenge, uh, which I don't remember what it was, to be completely honest, um, which play it was. It was I, It was definitely a touchdown. It was a touchdown play. No, because that think... would have been automatically reviewed. You don't challenge those. Okay, yeah, you're right. I think it was. It couldn't have been a touchdown. I think it was a catch in the like within five yards of the end. Okay, zone. yeah, it was. It was. Was it? Um, was it a pass to, um, Kittle? I, yeah, maybe. Or, that's well, I don't know. In my head, I see I see Kittle like right in front of the end zone. But the, and then that, that, that through the red flag. The surprising thing is, you you and I both said the call would stand, and we were wrong. The call was overturned. Neither of us got a point on that. Sure. Yep, so that was we're still at 1-1. We're still at 1-1. Uh, we said, which will happen first, a sack or a touchdown? We both said sack, and we were both correct. Uh, a sack happened first, so we both got a point on that, uh, making it 2-2. Uh, the longest penalty of the game, will it be uh, over or under 15 and a half yards, basically meaning it'd have to be a long pass interference? Um, the I took the over, you took the under, uh, and there was a 20-yard pass interference penalty. I got the point for the over. All right. So now it's 2-1, Sean. 3-2. Because I gave us yep. both a point for the sack. Well, we both got a point for the sack. Yeah. Right. Okay. So 3-2, Sean. Yep. But then we said, will a non-quarterback throw a touchdown? Now, Matt, this was the stupidest bet I made of the whole night. And I know this sounds like an excuse, and I do take responsibility, but I really only took yes because you took no, and I couldn't have another question where we agreed. I don't know. I feel like you could. You could. I definitely did not think it was going to happen. You, that you could have picked a different hill to die on, Sean. It didn't have to be that one. I what I should have done is the coach's challenge, and that would have got me a point. Yes, I said yes. Of course, it didn't happen because this is a normal, regular football game. With two uh, very good quarterbacks. Right, who don't need a non-QB to throw it. So, Matt, you got the point for that one. And that ties us up 3-3. Um, 
and we were tied going into the halftime. Now, Matt, before we get to our bets, what did you think of Shakira and Jennifer Lopez at the halftime this year? Uh, I thought they were phenomenal, and certainly uh, their hips did not lie. That's for sure. No, they told the truth. They they did not lie one bit. I think they told the, the truthiest of the truths. So very, very big fan of, of the halftime show this year. Very good. Good on both of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was, again, not the best I've ever seen, but I thought as I'm, you know, I, I've watched all these Super Bowl halftime shows. So I'm like, what makes a good Super Bowl halftime show in 2020 specifically? Because what was good in the 90s is not going to work today. And I think you need, and I think this was the Maroon 5 mistake. Maroon 5 is not a high energy band. They're arguably a low energy band. They're they're very chill. And they're we look, chill we look back to like Paul McCartney at the halftime show and we're like, oh boy, that was really boring. This was a high energy performance, but unlike Lady Gaga two years ago, three years ago, who was a bit higher energy, I thought her show was too gimmicky. This was the um, right amount of gimmick. There were no like flashy LED effects. There were no like real crazy props or anything like that. A little bit, but it was mostly them, the background dancers, the costumes, and them just singing and dancing a ton. And so I thought it was a, a good, we were talking before the show about, you know, what makes a good halftime show. I think you either have to go all the way to like balls to the wall Broadway performance or what we got this year, a good concert. It's not a performance. It's not a show. It's a concert. And that's what we got. And I enjoyed it a lot. My only complaint is it was too long. Halftime shows in the last five or so years average about eight to ten minutes. This one went for 14. I thought they really could have cut it back a little bit. I was kind of getting tuned out a bit towards the end. But overall, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it, it was lengthy. Um I think it was just due to the amount of songs that they had. They really like had a lot of different songs and this was different. It's interesting how you, you mentioned a concert because it really was like a sampling. I felt like of, of all of their work, sure, all of their best known works from, from like then and now. Uh, and I thought it worked. I thought it was cool. It was, uh, it was a good reminder of, of uh, the Shakira of the early two thousands. Yeah. The she was great. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Good stuff from them. Uh, and the other thing it reminded me of, too, and I hope that they keep this going in future Super Bowls, is I think the single performer Super Bowl halftime shows tend to suffer. I think Katy Perry is an exception because I think she just it was a well-designed show. But Lady Gaga was eh, Justin Timberlake. Meh. Uh, Maroon 5. They did what it was mostly Maroon 5. Meh. I like when they mash up. It, I think if it had been just Jennifer Lopez or just Shakira, it would not have been as good of a show. I think you really do have to mix in. It was like we were talking about with a Coldplay and Beyonce and Bruno Mars, which I thought was a really good halftime show because you were kind of mixing and matching. Uh, and I think they need to get back to that. Yeah. A little more variety. I just think it's a, I just think a 10 minute active huge concert is difficult for one artist to carry so i hope that's what they continue to do moving forward um i i think when you it, it's a lot to carry for a single person so who knows yeah yeah i agree uh, 
Now, Matt, we each picked three songs, as is tradition, that we thought was going to be performed in the Super Bowl. Famously, as we mentioned last week, we've gone two and two every year we've done this. Uh, this year, I chose Love Don't Cost a Thing, Waiting for Tonight, and On the Floor. You chose Hips Don't Lie, Jenny from the Block, Whenever, Wherever. Uh, and Matt, we both went three for three. We went perfect. Has that ever happened before? Never. Never. No one's. At, no single person has ever gotten three correct, never mind both of us. Now, I think part of that is these two artists do have limited catalogs. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a lot easy when you when you I, I don't know. I, I felt very confident about the songs that I had picked, and I'm sure you did as well. We, we pretty much they did one or two covers that neither of them originally performed of their actual songs. We hit every one, I think, except for one that I'm still mad I didn't pick, which is She-Wolf, which we really should have picked. That was dumb. Yeah. And they opened with and, that. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that was the first song, too. And I felt I so actually, foolish. I completely forgot. <laughs> I think my, the words out of my mouth when, when she was singing that, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. She She-Wolf, is that's Shakira. I, like. And the thing is, I knew it was her, but I'm like, was it that big of a hit at the time? Like, I didn't remember it being... But I guess I was wrong because no, I knew all the I, I words and remembered was, it. I remember there being it was one of her later hits. Oh, for sure. And I remember there like being a cool music video that went with it that people talked about for a bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I the other one was uh, I think I tweeted about this was uh, they kept they they would before they would cut to com- like every commercial in the pregame show. They had J Lo doing "Let's Get Loud," which I didn't even know was J Lo. I didn't either. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, "Oh, that was a that was probably a really obvious one." If you're trying to hype the crowd at a Super Bowl halftime show, it's like that's the song that you play. So, which, by the way, a great moment in the show where she was singing with her. I, uh, a lot of people didn't know this. Uh, I didn't either till I read it. But that was her daughter. She was singing with uh, when the kids yes. came out and going into "Let's Get Loud." I thought that was awesome. When they came out of the cages. Yes. Light up cages. Um, Matt, we both got three points on that. That ties us up six six. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we approach the end of the game, one of our most famous bets: the color of the Gatorade dumped on the coach. We went back and forth on this for a while. Uh, we've hit it before sometimes. Uh, I chose purple. You chose blue. But you'll remember, Matt, in our discussion, what color kept coming up? The color you wanted to pick, Sean. I. I'm a coward. I felt I, I, I backed out of my orange pick and I I so regretted it when I saw I saw it dumped on on Andy Reid's uh back cuz that was my vision. If I if you remember, you replayed the episode, I said I had a distinct vision of orange Gatorade being poured on Andy Reid, the yep. coach being poured all over him. But that was my vision, and that's exactly how it played out in reality. So, Sean, I think I might be a psychic. Who doesn't believe in himself? I might be, I might be a psychic that lacks confidence. <laughs> yeah. I, Sac- a, a psychic that lacks self-worth. As I was watching it, I genuinely – I actually – and I wanted to beat you, and I felt bad. I'm like, oh, damn, he really should have picked orange. Wow. Um, I, think, I think that's what I even said in the tweet. So – yeah, neither of us were right. No points there. But this is what's exciting, Matt, because we're going into the the the, the whole contest here. We're six and six. We're tied. All depends on who wins the game. 
because we picked different teams. You took the Chiefs. I took the 49ers. We obviously took different MVPs. You took Pat Mahomes. I took Raheem Mostert, uh, and we picked different scores. So really, whoever won the Super Bowl won the prop bet challenge for, for their respective person. And Matt, I think we know what happened. We certainly do. Um, Chiefs, Chiefs yes. all the way. Chiefs win uh, in a 31-20 to 20 victory. Uh, Patrick Mahomes named the Super Bowl MVP. He's going to Disney World. Uh, and Matt, you picked the Chiefs. You picked Pat Mahomes. And we've got to decide right now whether or not we give you credit because the final score was 31-20. to 20. You chose 28-20 as your score prediction, which is a margin of three points. Um, close, close, yeah. close enough for a point? No. No, I don't think so. Oh, I was going to give I'm, it to I'm, you. I'm going to deny myself the point because I didn't get the score. It was close, sure. But. Well, but I, I hang on, though, because I want to point out that back in 2017, the famous overtime Super Bowl, I predicted a score of 35-29. The final, 34-28. Each was off by one, and we gave me the point. So it doesn't have to be exact. For you but your, I think your margin of error was a lot closer than mine. Like three points is. But you picked one of them exactly. One and one. You picked the losing score exactly. I picked the losing. If score If you want the exactly. point, Matt, I won't give you the point. That's fine. It's. I'm, mean, I'm going to put neither in the sheet, saying neither of us won it, and you won't get the point. Yeah, I, I, I think that I, I, I wouldn't feel right, Sean. I wouldn't feel right about taking the point on that one, Matt. That's perfectly fine. With that, we can officially put the score in the books. If it was. If it was like one point here and there, like like your, yours was close enough. Mine was not. Okay. Mine was almost. I mean, it was the closest I've ever come to predicting a score. But if they just got I, one more I, field goal, you would have had like it. it. Would it would it would set a bad precedent right now if if I said this was now, this was now okay that we were like three points off because then it would where would it go from there? It'd be Slipper like oh slope. yeah, no, Sean was only twelve points off, so we're gonna give him the point. <laughs> Slippery slope, Sean. It's a slippery slope. Matt, you didn't need that point to beat me anyway. Uh, we can now officially announce it is in the books. Matt, you are back-to-back Super Bowl prop bet champions uh, with a score of 8-6. to six. Uh, You, sir, have done it again. Clapping pick up on the microphone? Yes, it does. I clap the microphone? No. And by the way, Matt, it's probably not good. this is now the fourth year in the row you've correctly picked the Super Bowl winner. It is. I'm like that octopus, the one that they take out of the tank, and he always did. He he died, didn't he? Yeah, but there's always another one. <laughs> they always replace. There's him. always another one. Did you hear about the hippopotamus they got this year? Oh, did they get one? So apparently, there was a hippopotamus at the zoo that was supposed to pick. You can you can watch the video online. It's it's pretty funny. He was supposed to pick the winning team. He had two large, I think, sandbags, one with either team's logo on it. Uh, and he went over to the, I think he went over to the 49ers, or no, he went over to the Chiefs bag and he vomited on it. Oh, so what does that I, mean? Is that good they, or bad? I think they, they took it, the, the the reports that I was watching took it as a bad omen, but I guess it turned out to be good. He knows. He had chosen, he had chosen that one. He was supposed to open it up and start eating the food out of it, but he, he vomited on it instead. Hmm. So Interesting. So there's a they got the hippopotamus. I preferred the octopus. The octopus was was a genius. I think that was clear. 
Um, but tragically, I think he, I think he perished and is no more. So well, you're the new octopus, Matt. So I'm the new octopus. You got to keep the streak alive. My new title. So yeah, sure will. There's always next year. And and with that, uh, the Super Bowl is officially over. The torch is extinguished. Now, Matt, before we move off the Super Bowl, I do have to ask you. Roger you have any... Goodell goes back into his cave and he and he hides for another he seven hi- months. He hibernates for the summer. And he yes, and he gathers more and more power until next year. So now, Matt, do you have any yeah. predictions about who will be in the Super Bowl next year? Any t- any teams you want to shout out? Sure. Uh, just for fun, I'm going to go ahead and say that next year's Super Bowl will feature the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And they will be up against their NFC competitors, the... Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I'm writing this down, Matt, because I'll forget. So it's in the spreadsheet Ravens, for next year. Raven Seahawks. Raven Seahawks. The Battle of the Birds. Let's do it. Battle of the Birds. I think I think it'd be a uh, it would be a, it'll be a show. Yes. Very nice. Um, stop me before I'm about to coward out of my out of my uh, I'm about to coward my way out, and I'm 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 afraid of I'm afraid of my Seahawks pick. Okay. This is why I could never be a compulsive gambler, Sean, because I'm, why, I, I'm way is, too indecisive. And this is why we'll never have an XFL podcast. Um, I think we could we could lock in the Ravens, but I I, I don't know about the Seahawks bet. I, I I I might go, I might go Saints maybe. I might go Saints. I I think that maybe they uh they they're that this I mean they've been they've kind of been like almost there for so long, and Drew Brees has got to get one more. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. I I think I've learned my lesson. Raven Seahawks. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Now, Matt, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the most insane pick I can come up with. Okay. Are you ready? Let's hear it. I think this is gonna be next year's Super Bowl will be a battle of the Titans. Not the team, the Titans. Quarterback. Oh titans in this league tom brady versus drew Brees. however it's going to be the tom brady led san francisco 49ers against the drew Brees led new england patriots whoa mind blown i like that there you go i like that a lot I like that a lot. Tom Brady playing for his hometown team, San Francisco 49ers. And Drew Brees looking to get another ring going to New England. Wow. You know, you may have something there. Matt, if I'm right, if I'm right and that happens, I will go out and buy 100 lottery tickets because no way. I think if you're right and that happens, Sean, I think we should go to the game. I think yes. we should go to the Super Bowl. I think we should buy we should get tickets for it because that's something that you could tell like everybody. Matt, that, I will uh, make you a deal. Crazy. And this is recorded, this is archived, so you say it's true. If my prediction proves accurate, I will pay to take you and I to the Super Bowl. 
You heard it here first, Mark folks. Mark it. In, it's on there. Where it, Where is it next year? Is it? In, I think it's, it's in, in Florida Tampa. again. Yeah. It's in Tampa Bay. Yeah. We're going to Tampa. There you We're go. We're going to Tampa. Breeze yep. with the 49ers. No, no Bra- Breeze Brady with the with, Patriots. Breeze, Breeze with, with the Patriots. Patriots. Brady yes. They're going to need somebody 49ers. after Breeze leaves. Wow. Yep. So what's gonna what happens to Jimmy then? Jimmy G is gonna he's gonna play second fiddle again, or they'll to trade Tom him. Brady? Someone will take him at a trade. They can trade him. They'll flip him. Dolphins are gonna whatever yeah, team does shitty in the draft, he'll just flip. Maybe him. they might send him to Vegas. He could play for the Raiders. They're I think gonna they're, need somebody. Uh, they're gonna need a quarterback. Uh yeah. The only the only issue is I think they might keep him as backup because there's a lot of money still left on his contract. So he's yeah. gonna be tough to flip. Yeah, he's gonna be tough to flip. Brady but. Brady going to the West Coast is I think is pretty likely. You well, know, the Chargers, Oakland, or uh, Las Vegas, Chargers, yeah. Chargers. But the thing is, the Chargers yeah. don't have like there's no who's there is good. Like Melvin Gordon's good, but like who? You're not going to go win a championship next year with the Chargers. Oakland no. or Las Vegas maybe, but it's like the 49ers yeah. were just in the Super Bowl, and the reason they didn't win is because Jimmy Garoppolo is mediocre. Yeah, like if you put Tom Brady in there, are you kidding me? <laughs> what a juggernaut now say that again but with a boston accent tom i can't do it. i literally tom cannot do brady you you put him in there are you kidding me it's, go, it's gonna be wicked it's gonna be wicked it's, it's gonna, gonna wicked be a wicked awesome. smart yeah anyway yeah and so, of my dumb as hell predictions so that's it i think i think that's a great prediction i think it's more much more exciting and bold than my prediction is is kind of like typical I like yours. Like, and yeah, I, Russell Wilson was almost the MVP. Lamar Jackson was the MVP. So it's good. Gonna... I like, but by the way, I think the Seahawks have a better chance than the Saints because I think the Saints are cursed. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that's, that's pretty evident. And some cr- insane thing's going to happen where yes. they're not going not gonna to win. I think that's, they've got some kind of voodoo curse attached to them. Oh, for sure. They, they pissed off some bog witch somewhere. I could see that. So that's it. That's our Super Bowl prop bets 2019-2020. Another the Super Bowl. officially over. It's in, it's in the books. But Sean, but Sean, football is not yet over. <gasps> is that the XFL the theme song I hear? XFL has a theme song? They do. They had that. I played it in each of the XFL episodes, and I'm trying to remember how it goes. It was very not good. I cannot think of how it goes. It's very not good. You so know, football, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Football may not be over, but the NFL is over. We've got the XFL on the horizon. The XFL. That's right. We've got, it's not, it's smash mouth football. The players not, are out not here not playing for their football. love of the game. That's right. They're in it for the love of the game. You know, Matt. You know, you know. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Governor Jesse the Body yes. Ventura. Governor the Body. Governor the Body. <laughs> uh, Matt, the XFL is back. Someone thought this was a good idea. Someone did. Someone with a lot of money, whose yes. name is Vince McMahon, thought <laughs> yeah, this exactly. was a good idea. Matt, imagine if you had half a, half a billion dollars. What would you do with it? Feed starving um, people? Maybe. Start a yeah. business? Create your own spring football league? Probably not the last one. Doesn't seem like a good investment. No, not at all. No, uh, more of a risk, like a high stakes risk than an investment, like a like a slow motion 
crash of some kind. What I do love is that, that the plays out over the span of weeks. The the XFL bought a bunch of the AAF's leftover equipment when they went bankrupt. They bought it on the cheap. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Yeah, that's usually something that that's fun that we get out of these like not NFL leagues. Is uh the uh the the first time the XFL came around wasn't that when they piloted the uh the cameras the skycam skycam but and then micing the up a- the players and all that yeah yeah and micing the players we which we we did in our in our big special go watch go listen to that that big uh special series that we did about it the xfl but you also had the um the aaf this year they they did the sky judge yes which i thought was kind of neat um and maybe but who so who knows really who knows what this uh, XFL, I, they had some kind of. Now I can't remember if I'm mixing up the AAF with the the new XFL, but there's something with like video game vision or Madden vision or something. Oh, I think they were just going to use the Skycam angle more. I mean, the NFL okay. tried this. They did a game where they shot like 90 percent of the game from the Skycam. Yes. So uh, they're going to try to do Madden more field. with that. Yeah, and um. They've got a ton of new rules that are out, and they also have one. There was something about the mics. Are the the quarterbacks are perpetually mic'd or something? No, part of it. So, um, where the coaches are, or the the play call is is all mic'd. Like we get we get to yeah, hear that. So this is one of those things that uh, the XFL says is is still in development. So I don't even know if it'll be there for week one. But it's a coach-to-player system that allows a member of the coaching staff to communicate to a player through a speaker in the helmet. Now you're saying, uh, Sean, they have that in the NFL. Uh, But, A, the broadcast, as you mentioned, has access to that communication. And, B, in the NFL, when the play clock reaches 15 seconds or the ball is snapped, the speakers in the helmet shut off. That's why players have to call audibles at the line and things like that. They don't have a coach in their ear after 15 seconds. In the XFL, uh, it's always on. It does not shut itself off. That's what it is. Okay. So there's constant communication between the player on the the quarterback on the field. Yes, or the defensive the player. On the sideline. Uh, yes. Yeah. And it like I, and like you said, it, it can be uh, broadcast. Yes. As well, which will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a fun thing that they they always like the little add-on things that they they put in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. It, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Do we want to talk about rules? What do you think? Have we already run too long? Um. We. You know what? How about we do this, Matt? So so folks at home know. Uh, next week we're gonna have an XFL kickoff spectacular episode. We're gonna watch the games this coming weekend. We're gonna report our findings, see how the league presented itself in Game One, sort of how we reviewed Game One of the original XFL. Uh, but Matt, why don't we do this? Why don't we preview a couple of the rules? We don't have to go through all of them, uh, but some things people should look for. Some of the because uh, there are some like really specific rules that I don't think your average person would notice. But I do think there are some of these that are really important to how the game is played. So maybe we can preview a couple of them so people know what they'll what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, the cat's trying to lick my eyeball and then rub against my face. And, <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Um, so uh, why don't we start with this, okay. Matt? In no particular order, I want to talk about um, some of the offensive innovations uh, coming to the XFL, starting with the point after touchdown. Because in the XFL, there are no extra point kicks. 
They've done no. no kicking plays after a touchdown is scored. The way it Good. works is you have three options to pick up extra points after a touchdown. You can run a play from the two-yard line, um, which will earn you one point if you successfully get it into the end zone. From the five-yard line, which will earn you two points. And from the 10-yard line, which will earn you three points. Almost like a three-point line in basketball in a way. Um, Farther out means it's more difficult. The team must run an offensive play. There's no kicking. And if the defense can cause a turnover and return the ball to the opponent's end zone, the resulting score is equal to whatever you were trying to do. So if you're trying for a three-point play, they would get three points. Yeah. What what is your opinion of this? Um, I don't like kicking in football at all. Like like when is kicking in football good? Uh, pretty much never. It's only stre- It's sometimes stressful. I would say like punting, it's pretty punting much sucks. never good. Kickoffs are okay. Extra points kickoffs are, lame. are terrible. Field goals are field goals are fine. Kickoffs are terrible. PATs are boring and useless and i think they they can they should just go away i i like that i like this i like the new pat I, I like the new pat system the only time kicking is ever exciting is when it's uh like a field goal to win the game situation games on the line and the kicker comes in they're gonna ice him and then if he misses the the kicker is like you know public enemy number one even though a lot of the times what non-football fans or people who pay attention closely would know is that it's sometimes it's sometimes it is the kicker's fault sometimes it could be a bad hold or a bad snap sometimes weather conditions can affect kicks it's it's there's a lot of factors that go into uh into field goal kicks and i i i, I like field goals i don't like pats and I, i'm glad that they did something to get rid of those because i i always have thought that those were just giant wastes of of time and and everything so very very glad that they they put these in and matt you mentioned sort of the field goal to win the game uh one other small tweak they made in the for the xfl they call it the comeback period it's essentially uh, after the two minute warning in each half um on a play that ends in the field of play the game clock will be stopped unless the ball has been spotted or five seconds and five seconds have run off the clock on incomplete passes not a bound plays the game clock will also stop what does that mean it means that um, it maximizes those two minutes because unlike in the NFL, you know, if you complete a running play, for example, um, the clock will keep running within two minutes. In the XFL, it won't. The game clock will stop until the ball is spotted. And so it, right. it, it expands the length of those two minutes. Plus, it means you can't knee and run out time on the clock because that is a technically a completed play. So that gimmick in the NFL of you can run – 20 second, you know, X number of seconds off by just kneeling first down, second down, third down to run out the clock. You can't do that in the XFL because kneeing stops the clock. This is this is why it's the extreme league. This is the extreme football league. We're going extreme. Yep. Uh, Matt, is there a, a favorite rule of yours you want to talk about? Um, something I, maybe not a favorite, but something I found interesting was uh, I didn't see anywhere. Uh Oh, uh, yeah, no, here it is. Uh fair catches are permitted though disincentivized. Well, you so, you remember the original XFL, right? Exactly. No the original- fair catches. <laughs> 
they made a very big deal. They put it right into their marketing about how there are no fair catches. Yep. So it was. I I like to see it said um, though disincentivized. So I guess they 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 eased up on that rule. It's interesting. So the punting. Um, oh, my favorite rule I think is, and I think this is gonna this is gonna be a, an interesting um, an interesting change is the uh, double forward pass. Ooh, yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. Very yeah, offense so friendly. It is. Um, the rule official rule is if a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball has at no time crossed the line of scrimmage. Once the ball has passed the line of scrimmage, no forward passes are permitted. Um, the current NFL rule is that there's only one forward pass per play. That's right. So That's you usually really why you see throw it. the lateral or the, or the, exactly. the, the backwards it, pass. If you, if you, yeah, if you want to do some kind of a trick play, usually you have to lateral it first. So the quarterback would have to throw behind him to a player located downfield or upfield, I guess, and um, they uh, then they they could pass it. But now now forward passes or double forward passes are okay. Yeah, as long as um, the first pass stays behind the line of scrimmage. Correct. Uh, they both both passes have to stay behind the line of scrimmage. Well, no, the second the second pass you can throw it past the line of scrimmage. It's just the it's just. It's just I that. don't think, so. yeah. I, it, I don't know the, the way the way I the way I read it was that they they both still had to be in front behind the line of scrimmage. No, so the first one has to stay behind the line of scrimmage. So you throw it to a player nearby, then they can launch it or do whatever the hell they want oh, with yeah, it. It's just no, like a regular no, no, they, pass. They can they can throw it beyond the line of scrimmage, right. but they themselves can't go beyond the line of scrimmage. Like they the can't run. The ball can. The ball can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 They can't run for ten yards and then throw it. Right. Which would be like that would just be rugby. The game well, that's, would just be rugby. And I was about to say, like, I'm thinking to myself this rule, like, maybe they should loosen this up even more. Like, how fun would it be if like you 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 can double pass it, you can't like you said, you can't like run it forward, but both forward passes can be past the line of scrimmage as a pass. You know, like you throw it twenty yards downfield and then you throw it another twenty yards downfield. Like that would be crazy. That would add a I think that would add another interesting element to the game then. Cause you could you could start training your wide receivers to be like pseudo quarterbacks and and throw yeah. It'll be I a, think, a little bit more like I, a backyard not? pass, you know? Exactly. I why not? I, I think that would be awesome. I think that would that would work the corners overtime and it would make for a lot of excitement. I agree. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but other than that, a, a lot of the, the timing rules, like they I'm, made sense. I'm and, curious and about the timing a little confusing. rules. Yeah. To be honest, the 25 second play clock uh, was 40 seconds in the NFL will now be a 25 second play clock. Um, also the uh, timeouts uh, in the NFL, there's three timeouts per half in the XFL will be two per the half. Um, we talked about the game clock rules, trying to keep the game game clock moving. Um, and then same with the, uh, there's actually a shortened halftime. It's a 10 minute halftime. Uh, so they're really trying to speed up the game in terms of, uh, amount of time played. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting when you read all of the rules and you read the rationale for each one, especially with the timing, uh, they're, they're very much trying to create an up-tempo, uh, faster paced game. Yeah. And, and you notice this is one of the major complaints 
not really of football, but of, of baseball. Like a, a lot of a lot of people that complain about the MLB is they're complaining. One of their biggest um, hurdles is pace of play, mm-hmm. and that's what they always bring up is is pace of play is the reason that they don't watch or the reason that they can't attract more viewers or things like that. Um, and I never I never really saw that I guess as a as a an issue facing the NFL, but I guess the XFL is trying to create that. I guess it's, it's a way that they're trying to stand out from the NFL is by being a, a faster play, paced league. Whereas I guess the, the original offshoot of the, 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 the first, the first time they tried this, their first go around their, their big, their big push was, we are the unsafe and NFL. Yes. We're the NFL that was, that's unsafe. The NFL that people could get real hurt in this, in this game. And I think they're going away from that. I mean, purely because you're seeing a lot of the, like I guess more grisly injuries that are are happening, and um, parents won't let their kids play football anymore at at a, at a increasing rate. Rate. I think a lot of it had to do with the you know the concussions. And oh the, yeah, yeah, things like that. So XFL is smartly. I'm saying they're 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 smartly steering the ship away from. Let's make the game more dangerous. To let's make the game faster and more fun. And more fun. I, I, my favorite rule probably, uh, and it's one, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to see very often, is the new overtime rules. Which if there's any rule in the XFL book that I think the NFL should take a serious look at, it's, for me, the point after touchdown and the overtime. Because in the uh, XFL, overtime is actually, it's a shootout. And it's rounds. So you don't have to go the length of the field and score a touchdown or anything like that. Um there are five rounds alternating single play possessions. It's it's similar to college, not exactly. Um, each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. Uh, the team with more points after five rounds is the winner. It's it's pretty simple. Uh, for scoring purposes, each successful overtime score is worth two points. So basically, it's a shootout. Your team is on the five-yard line. You get into the end zone. You're good. Whoever gets better of five apiece wins. Yeah, it's. It, it, I feel like this one is the one that's complained about. Like everyone forgets about it until overtime happens, and then I then all I hear is, "I wish that things could be like they are in college." And it usually is when your team has just lost the toss or lost the game, and then you're like, "Why can't they just play it like in college?" And I I think the NFL hasn't quite figured it out yet mm-hmm. about their overtime rules and and why. They don't work, and they they tried to tweak it. Remember when they they amended it so that you can't win on a field goal? Yep. You can kick the field goal and go ahead, but the other team gets another try. I think that was kind of a half-assed way oh, to for sure. to fix to to go, get to a fix. And I think that this um to me, co- yeah, the college rule has always been kind of the ideal situation. But when you're at the professional level, players are a little older, um, and you know, nobody. I mean, the the fans might want a six or seven rounds of overtime, but the, a lot of these, a lot of the uh, the bodies of these NFL players can't take that. Well, and that's the crazy that kind of thing. It is in a regular season NFL game, a game can still end in a tie. And yeah, if you look at the game clock, at least uh, overtime in the NFL can take up to thirty minutes to complete. 
which is a long time for a football game you've been watching in the XFL there will always be a winner. It's impossible to tie in the system. And they say it'll take under 10 minutes to complete an average overtime. So you're cutting down the time. Both teams are going to get a shot at the end zone to play. You're, you're essentially just seeing touchdown after touchdown, which is very exciting. Uh, and there's always going to be a winner. So I think it's I think it's a slam dunk. Not to mix yeah. my sports metaphors, but um, I, I think that's great. That's exciting. I hope we do get some overtimes. I think that's a three-point PAT. <laughs> they do need clever names for these. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we they would just call should, it like a call them something. Well, it'd be like a three pointer. You know, like we'd call it in basket. I think that's what we'd call it. It'd be like, oh, they got the touchdown and a three pointer. Trip, trip, T, trip, P, D, trip, D. I don't know. Keep I'll, working. I'll on workshop that. that. I'll yeah. workshop that. Uh. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the the coaches challenge kind of confused me too. Because they say that you they, they're not coaches cannot challenge, right? Is Correct. there is the new thing? Yes. Um, but there are exceptions to it. So, so uh, the XFL will have no coaches challenges, and all plays will be subject to review from the replay official, uh, who will be stationed in a booth above the field. Okay, so the reviewable plays are all plays that only the official can review, not the coaches. And they, they talk about the, the ways that yeah, they the can coaches review can't review anything. So coaches coaches review has gone completely out the window. Correct. Yes, and and it's expected that anything that comes up will go up to the booth. Um. As and, well, and their rationale is very good. It says replay review in football officiating is paramount, paramount, Sean, to how fans view this game. To get the play right is of the utmost importance to the XFL. And our goal is to provide quality reviews at the right times and in a timely fashion by eliminating, take a shot every time you hear time or timely or tempo by eliminating coaches challenges. We don't rely on the teams to fix miscues by the officials and by only allowing common sense to be applied to officiating. We put the fans first instead of the process. Well, What's interesting to me about this rule, and they even say the list of reviewable plays is the same as what the NFL uses, which is fine. But that means that things like uh, flags, penalties, are basically, or at least the origination of a penalty is not reviewable. How it's enforced, the spot of the foul, things like that are. But there are exceptions to the uh, official, uh, the replay rules one being that an official may correct obvious errors involving player safety at any point throughout the game, which is a very vague sentence. But essentially, if someone, if there's a helmet-to-helmet hit that doesn't get called on the field, uh, the replay official, it sounds to me like, can initiate a penalty um, for something like that, for 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 a, a, a foulable, uh, penaltyable. Well, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. A hit that isn't called on the field. That is one case where they are able to call it from the booth. The other exception being that the replay official may correct any egregious, obvious error that may have a significant impact on the outcome of the game in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter during overtime. Again, that's very vague, but does that mean like in the famous Ram Saints game, can the replay official call pass interference when it wasn't called on the field? Something the NFL, even with a replay official would not allow today. That's my question is these two exceptions is how vague they are. Yeah. It's there. Those are probably the, the, the two I would pick out are kind of the, the weirdly most weirdly worded. 
of the of the new rules. What did you think of the kickoff rule? Uh, it was one of those things I didn't really understand fully because it's very complex. Um, they essentially say they increase the the opportunities for touchbacks. Uh, the kicker kicks from the 30-yard line, must kick it uh, between the opponent's 20-yard line and the end zone. But the teams line up uh, and how does this work? Players can move when the ball is touched by the returner or three seconds after the ball touches the ground. So the players aren't moving until the ball hits the ground or is caught by the returner. So it's they're not running the full length of the field anymore. They're lined up at the 35 and 30-yard line. So kickoffs are one of the things that I've wanted the NFL to fix the most over the years. I've had the biggest problem with kickoffs, I think, over over everything else in the game, except maybe uh, extra point kicks. But the um, the kickoff to me is has become so useless, and un- it leads to a lot of a lot of injuries. Yes, it's led to a lot of yeah, really a lot of a lot of injuries, a lot of players like being uh, tired out or exhausted, and um, ultimately really. Real and the, at a professional level, like a team should usually get to like the twenty or thirty yard line every time. So I was kind of in the fa- in the favor of, at first of just doing away with the kickoff and just having the opposing team start at their own twenty at, or twenty five, just to call it like even. But this kind of, it's an interesting rule. It's just it's very convoluted. And you could tell somebody put like a like they workshop this to death. Oh, yeah. I think they workshop this rule to death. And there's a lot of um, like meticulous just uh, rules in place, which is very unlike the XFL. Um, it uh, the rationale is to actually to eliminate safety issues with kickoffs. Yeah, um, no running start. The players are just five yards apart. Uh, increase in touchbacks naturally leads to fewer returns, which means fewer meaningful plays. The XFL's proposed rule change will encourage more kick returns while making the play less dangerous by eliminating the 30-yard sprint to collision. You think they learned this from their their own mistakes? Uh, you the think scramble? they learned this from the scramble? Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah, this, this seems like it might have been birthed from the scramble. But... Yeah, I I I kind of like I under I guess I kind of understand. It's just a little confusing and I'm sure when we watch it I really like the onside kick rule. I don't that, know that how they I now feel have to about declare, it. They have to declare they're doing an onside no kick. No surprise before. onside kicks. No surprise onside kicks. That's kind of fun though. I mean it, it isn't it isn't. I think it it's it's fun when your team does it and pulls it off successfully, you feel cheated when you're the opposite team. And they I mean, also, it's a loop. It's a loophole in the rules. It's a bullshit play. I'm the first to admit yes. that, but that's, what's charming about it. It, it, it shouldn't it, exist. It's, it's like, it is, it's one of the many that Bill Belichick just has made his bread and butter and chowder, uh, e- exploiting. Like it's what he's all about is, is finding these loopholes and they're like bringing them to light. I think it's 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 an interesting exercise. It's an interesting thought process, but I don't know when I, when you watch it and you get, they do a surprise onside kick. It's like, what are we playing Madden or something? Like, 
I don't know. I like that. I like that you have to declare an onside kick now. It's we'll uh, see. I mean, all kickoffs. All kickoffs are bad. All but, kickoffs are bad. All PATs are bad. They should just do away with both of them. Well, but but my hope is that the theoretically the one two three point afters. I think we'll have enough of an impact that you might not even need onside kicks as much is my hope is that it keeps the score closer and it gives you more flexibility in scoring that you're not doing the onside kick type stuff at the end of a game. Yeah. Just plus, plus the crazy. clock moving rules in the fourth quarter uh, in the last two minutes require more plays. So I, it, it may not, that may kill it more so than the kickoff rule. Yeah. It, it's, these onside kicks are, uh, I mean, they almost never work. So it's just kind of like, I always think they're kind of dumb. But uh, we when we saw the one in the Super Bowl, that was that was probably the only cool onside kick because it was just so ballsy, yep. so risky, so brave. Sean Payton and the 2010 Saints. Oh, boy. America's team. <laughs> uh, certainly the voodoo. What were the what were their names? The voodoo hoodoos. What was the that? Big, ba- big bad big, voodoo, big daddy. Bad voodoo daddy. I'm going to yeah. send you a bunch of He's links for the Saints, to for sure. swing revival. Okay. You've heard these songs. You've heard Jump, Jive, and Whale. You've heard it. I know you've heard it. It was like number three. It was like in the top 20 Billboard chart that year. Sean, I don't listen to music. Oh, okay. Actually, I do. I, I, I'd listen. You don't want to know what... Uh, I'll, I'll give a song recommendation out there for the folks at home. Oh, please do. Um, right now, I'm listening to a band called Altin Goon. They're a uh, Dutch-Turkish 60s psychedelic revival band. They're a contemporary band, but they're, that's their style, is, is Turkish 60s disco. And they're, they're based out of the Netherlands, but I think they're like half of them are Turkish, half of them are Dutch. They're a real good band, yeah. Altin Goon. Okay. A-L-T-I-N-G-U-N. They're good. Okay. Trust me. I, I, I recommend them. I think I, they're very – their songs are hard not to like. They're very catchy. They're all – all of them are in Turkish. So there's that too. But I recommend that. I don't listen to the Swing Revival. But you know what? If you send me some songs about Swing Revival, maybe, maybe I'll – Maybe I'll give him a listen. I did post something for you in the Slack uh, of what I've been listening to. Are you familiar with McGruff the Crime Dog? Oh, yeah. Am I ever? I, I Sure. You know, he encouraged you to say no and stuff. Uh, in 1986, he put out a music album called Smart Kids. Uh, it was a cassette tape that featured songs with titles like Winners Don't Use and Inhalants. Uh, other songs included uh, Make Your Body Last. I'm glad I'm me. Uh, these songs are all worth hearing because they're insanely good for being like a cheaply produced album. And every song is different. And Inhalants and Alcohol are probably my two favorite songs. Um, <laughs> don't do Inhalants. It's great. I, you really, you ought, Matt, I'm telling you, you've got to listen to this thing. It's very, very good. They will get stuck in your head. Okay. 
I'll, that's I'll my hot tip for them a lesson. Uh, um, God. Yeah. Does does he sing them? Does the crime dog sing these he songs? He does with like a chorus of kids in some of them. But like they're all, <laughs> they all sound like, they're all like really good like genre parodies. Like Alcohol is very like a Steely Dan kind of song. Um, and they're, but they're like, they're annoyingly good. It's it's just it's very weird. Anyway, go okay. go listen to McGruff's Smart Kids album. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Matt, we've got to we've got to put the pin in the action here. Sean, one last. Oh yes, please. One last surprise prop bet for you. Oh no. Over or under? Yes or no? Yay or nay? Does the Rock say? the words this is the xfl or Can no you does vince mcmahon what yes. the xfl is cooking <laughs> does does vince mcmahon say those words does anybody does anybody say this is the xfl i matt there will be no vince does mcmahon there will be no the rock there will be none of that uh i think the only time that might be said is you know it's. I would say it's a big. It's a big honor is one word, but it's a big uh, responsibility to be the person who calls the first game, because what do you say when they kick off the start of a league? Like you've got to come up with like a one small step for mankind type thing to say, and I think that might be when they kick off the ball, they'll say they might say this is the XFL. That's the or only time I think it. If they're Matt Viscergian, they're gonna say. I'm un- I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> this is the XFL. That's what he said with the cheerleaders, right? I I yes. feel uncomfortable. Ooh, yeah. I feel uncomfortable. That's that's what he's gonna. That's what they're gonna do. Imagine if they just they just like put in just sound bites from the XFL documentary throughout the the game. I don't think they want to remind you of that, Matt. Call me crazy. No. I think the whole point is for you not to remember there was an XFL. I mean, it's it's crazy how they're using almost the same logo, though. You know, it is one of those weird things where I was thinking about it, and it's they're trying to thread that very delicate needle where you want because like the AF had no name recognition, and you're like, what is this? I don't know. So you're like, you want some of the value in the name while also re- retaining none of the bad things, which is most of it. I think it it stands a chance. I I say that because it's on uh, compared to the AAF, it's on actual networks. Well, but that's Vince McMahon. That, that, you know, if they had Vince McMahon around. money and Vince McMahon pull, I think the AAF might still be around. They didn't. They were flat yeah. broke. They've they've got all of his money too behind it. I so mean, it, I don't know. So you're saying no? There, this is the XFL, Sean. I'm saying there, that's going to happen. I'm sure someone will say, say it, it, but I don't think it's going to be like a big moment. There's not going like, to ex- be a moment. There's not going to be like somebody on the. 50 yard line with explosions going off and yep, you know on a, on a circus on like on an elevated circus platform like it's like he's the the ringmaster ringleader no uh no none of that and fireworks this and ain't this ain't your car matt this ain't your daddy's xfl this is an xfl for a new generation xfl 2.0 that's right smash mouth football they should. They, it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't get Smash, Smash Mouth, Mouth to play to play at the big game at the end. Yeah, you got the guy got to play All Star. <laughs> I like right. that. Uh, all right, Matt. Well, we're going to watch the games this weekend. We're going to be back next week to give a full rundown of Week One of the XFL, all the teams, all the players. 
uh, how the games went. Uh, we'll have a full report for you next week. Uh, but until then, make sure you go to our website, upfordebate.tv. All the past episodes are there. You have one week to catch up on our entire XFL series, so you know the background of the XFL. Uh, you can also get the show wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And, of course, you can follow us at UpfordebateTV on Twitter or email us UpfordebateTV at gmail.com. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. Have a super time. We'll see you next time on another Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.